0: Before I get into this message today, I just want us to stop and allow me to have a special prayer for the people in Ukraine. Um, My faith has been challenged before, and I can only be as candid as I am. I have been challenged, I've been trying to find meaning. I read Job. I've been trying to find meaning when I see children and pregnant mothers being killed. Let's just talk to God. Father in heaven, we know that you're not Russian, you're not American, you're not Ukrainian, you're not Polish. You're not English. You're not Aussie. We know you're the God for everybody, including those who do wrong. And right now, we just ask for divine intervention. We ask, Father, that you will come because even amidst the ugliness of war, we can see discrimination. We see people of color being turned back at the border, not being allowed to board trains, we ask and pray that within this situation that you will speak to the heart of men, where there is no compassion, give compassion, end the suffering father, be with our leaders here and help them to stop being politicians and become people, first and foremost. May we recognize we're playing with lives. Precious lives. Lives for whom you died. Intervene, we pray. In Jesus' name, let the saints all say, Amen. Amen and Amen. The past four to five days, had been a whirlwind for the disciples. They had seen Jesus die on a cruel cross. On that day, all their dreams and hopes came to a crashing halt. They hid themselves away in the fear. Of suffering the same fate. Some did. But three days after Jesus died, one, two, three, just as he said he would, destroy this temple. And in three days I will raise it up. And the spirit prophecy tells us the life was in him. Unborrowed, and he exited the tomb. The Lord is risen from the dead. There is hope. Yet the disciples wavered, they were not on solid ground. Their emotions paralleled that of a roller coaster to say that they were up and down emotionally would be an understatement. Because after he came out of the grave, out of the tomb, he spent 40 days walking and talking and teaching and sharing and showing himself and during that 40-day period, he tells them, I am going away, and I'm leaving my work, my ministry, in your hands. Question. What if Jesus were to appear to you today, and tell you that he The creator is leaving his ministry in your hands. Do you think you are prepared to handle this life-saving task? Truth is, that's exactly what he did. When he said, Go ye therefore... And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. He spent 40 days instructing them, talking with them. And here he was, after that was over, he was standing, and Zachariah said, where he stood on the Mount of Olive, he will come back exactly to that place. I have been to Israel a number of times, and the Mount of Olives is not big. But I imagine when God tells me something, it is going to happen. The 40 days are over. They're standing with him on the Mount of Olives. And he decides to give them some final words of instruction. And after he's, he's finished talking with them, something miraculous happens. He begins to ascend. In other words, the creator of the universe defied the laws of gravity. They're standing and they're looking and as they're looking, he is slowly disappearing from view. And they are so caught up in this sight, they are transfixed, that they don't even notice two men, the Bible doesn't say angels, we know them to be angels because of how they were dressed, two men dressed in white were standing next to them and said, ye men of Galilee." Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Today's message is, Why stand ye gazing? And I'm going to make four points today, and I want you to pay close attention to them, and fit yourself into the question, and as yourself being the disciples, and hearing these two men in white asking you this question, Why stand ye gazing? First thing today, I have dubbed a compelling departure. These men, these disciples standing there, had never seen anything like this before. The Bible says that Jesus went up into a cloud, it's not a rain cloud. It's a cloud of glory. It's a cloud that says something supernatural and good is happening right now. Don't get confused with a cloud where it may rain. This is a cloud of glory. And Jesus disappears from view. And they're looking into heaven. And the angels come to them and ask, why are you gazing? They are transfixed. They are caught up. Because his departure is so compelling, they are standing as if rigid and can't move. This ascension of Jesus back into heaven, changed everything. Try to imagine their mindset. Jesus is crucified. He's put on a cross. He's removed from the cross. They are in pain. They're running. They're hiding. They don't want the soldiers to get them. And then Mary comes with a message. He's alive. Jesus is resurrected. He walks with them for 40 days. And they're asking him, Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom? They're confused because he's here. He's resurrected. Now where is he going? I want you to think of yourself as a child whose parent had gone away for some time. And the parent comes back, and instead of staying, the parent leaves again. My older, older daughter, Tula, uh, this, I think this is going to be a special year for her. I think she's going to be 40. That's a special year. But she was just a little three years of age. I had left her at Andrews University with her mother. She just got up a morning and I was gone. I was back in Toronto. And then I suddenly appeared on a long weekend. And that weekend, Tula walked with me all over the campus at Andrews University. She would not let me out of her sight. And sure enough, by Monday, I was gone again. Try to imagine the disciples seeing Jesus resurrected, and now he's gone. It's confusing to them. His departure left them confused. Question. If you think you have it bad right now, try to imagine how bad it would be if God had departed from your life. His departure left them confused. Is God with you? Are you transfixed? Or do you see God moving away from you? They are confused. And he had to leave them because he said, If I don't go, the Spirit can't come. So his reason for leaving is that he had to send the Holy Spirit in full measure. He said, John baptized you with water, but when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, he would baptize you with the Spirit. And therefore, my departure is for your benefit. My brothers and sisters, when Jesus died on the cross... The disciples were filled with fear. And one of the things that was confusing to them with Jesus leaving now is because they had walked with him for three and a half years. Watch the subtle disposition of their confusion. Up until then, they were walking by sight. They saw the miracles. Jesus is with them. He is gone. The Holy Spirit is coming. Now they have to walk by faith. It's easy for us to walk when we can see things. It's difficult when we have to move by faith. And faith is the only thing that's going to take us through to the end. My faith was questioned This week, I had to reach out to God because I got to a point I could not believe the destruction of innocent people. And God had to whisper to me, don't bother with what you're seeing. Trust me that I am God and I am still in charge. Jesus said I had to go so that he can come. Jesus has gone. Question, have you received the Holy Spirit? Is he in your life? How do you know? Because the Bible says he will guide you into all truth. And he is profitable for reproof, for correction. So when we are not walking right, it is the Holy Spirit that says, walk ye this way. Jesus said, also, I'm going because I have to make intercession for you. Not only do I have to go so he can come, but I have to go because I have to make intercession. Why does God have to make intercession for us? Don't get it twisted. It is not because God is accusing us, It is because the devil wants to destroy us. So God has to stand in the gap and say to the Father, my blood is sufficient for him. That's why in communion, I have to sing that song at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And we have to sing that there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And when the question is asked, what can wash away my sins? What everybody? Nothing but what? The blood of Jesus. Jesus says, I can intercede. Because my death is sufficient for them. It's good to know that we have an a person interceding for us in heaven, so Jesus leaves them, and they are transfixed it 's compelling they cannot get this sight out of their out of this out of their sight, this view out of their sight, but it is confusion confusing to them. not only is his departure compelling it is confusing. verse six in John. Acts 1 says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Try to imagine how confused they are that they don't know what the scripture says. He tells them nothing that is new. He tells them that he's gone away, and why he's going, and yet they're looking in the here and now. Question for us today. Are we so preoccupied with victories today that we forget God's promises tomorrow? They are concerned about restoring the kingdom now. That's why so many miss the fact that Jesus was God. Because as far as they were concerned, he was going to restore the kingdom. He's going to get rid of Roman domination. And they're going to walk right in this world. My brothers and sisters, we need to be careful that we are not looking to Washington. We're not looking to the Democrats or the Republicans. We're not looking to the United Kingdom. We must keep our eyes fixed on the fact that Jesus is our Savior, and even though he's gone, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. The disciples were concerned about the future. Question, are you concerned about the future? Well, let's be honest. What is costing you more to fill your gas tank? You concern inflation is high. Prices are high. I have a friend in Toronto and he told me something. He's a mechanic. He works on big on trucks. He said to me years ago, Pastor, I don't care how it gets into the country. By plane. By boat or by train, they must get on a truck. So when your vegetables go up, think of the truck that has to bring them to Myers. It's not just the gas you're going to put in your car that's causing everything to go up. It's the fact that gasoline is used to get the produce to where you need to have it. So the question is then, are we concerned about the future? What's happening to your 401k? We can be caught up. But I'm here to say today, instead of being too caught up with our 401ks, let us rest assured in the 1k who is the king of the universe. I don't care how much money you have. You don't have Jeff Bezos' money, so you're broke. It's amazing how people can have a little money, and they think it's a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. You could have half a million dollars, it's not a lot of money. When you have just Bezos money, you have money. But even that can be wiped out in an instant. We cannot see the future. We cannot see tomorrow. But here is something I really want us to appreciate. So I'm going to ask you to repeat after me today. Are you ready? While we cannot see the future, the Lord is already in all our tomorrows. The Lord is what? Already in all our tomorrows. It is comforting to know that God is already in our tomorrows. I can't see the future, but I can sleep at night knowing that God is already in tomorrow. They were concerned about the future. It was confusing to them. But then, before he leaves, he gives them a challenging task. Acts 1.8. And this is where you and I come in and the rubber meets the road. What does he say in Acts 1.8? But you will receive what? Power when what? The Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be what? Witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, the then known world. Stop and examine this verse closely. God never said, you're going to get power to enhance your life. He never said, you're going to get power so you can become a boss. He never said, you're going to get power so that you can graduate and be top of the class. He said, I will give you power so that you will be what? Witnesses. What is a witness? A witness is someone who can testify to the truth. I'm not talking about a false witness. Now I know we live in the United States of America, and every day people go to court, raise the hand of the Bible, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and the first word out of the mouth is a lie. And I don't know what's wrong with us. Somehow we believe that police officers don't lie. The late Johnny Cochran, said he got into becoming a defense attorney after working in California for the prosecutor's office. He could not understand how people would come in to court bloodied, broken bones, and they are charged with assaulting the police. And the police is clean. Nothing wrong with the Police. And the police would testify, and those men with broken bones and are bloody would be convicted of assaulting the police. So the people doing the assaulting are the ones being with the marks. Whereas the assaulted ones have nothing on them. The police. We need to be careful about the kind of witnesses we are. Because, quite frankly, If you are not the witness that your neighbors see, how will they know who God is? John makes it very clear. He said, listen, how can you love God who you don't see and yet hate your neighbor who you see? So if we're going to be witnesses, we know we're out there for people to look at us. It is a challenging task. To be a witness. Because a witness must represent. The Apostle Paul says, Now therefore we are ambassadors. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is one who represents. So are we representing Jesus as witnesses? And here are these disciples looking into heaven seeing Jesus disappear, and remembering Jesus says to them, the Holy Spirit is going to come, but when he comes, it's not to make you better in terms of enriching your life. The Holy Spirit is coming so you can be a witness. Question, what kind of witness am I? What kind of witness are you? Here is a compelling departure. A confusing future, a challenging task of being a witness. What is God asking of us? Well, I like the way Luke, who wrote Acts, telling the story of Jesus. I like the way he concludes as we look at verse 11. These disciples are bewildered. These disciples are troubled. These disciples are confused. These disciples thought he's here, now he's gone. He's a magician. But the angels said to them, This same Jesus, that's a comforting promise. Not another. This same Jesus, in the same way you saw him leave, he will return. So, for me today, what keeps me going, even amidst the chaos, is the fact that, that it is comforting to know, based on the angel's proclamation, that this same Jesus is going to come again. This same Jesus, the one that you have seen leaving, is the same Jesus that will come again. The implication is clear. The angel tells them, Don't worry about tomorrow, because Jesus, who is leaving you now, is coming back again. So here's the question. Why stand ye gazing? Why are we bewildered? Why are we concerned when we see these things? Well, it's because we're human beings. We can't help but feel in the here and now. But we ought to remember that Jesus left in a cloud of his Father's glory, and he's coming back in glory. So the question is, would I be ready to meet Jesus when he comes? It's a compelling departure. It's a confusing future. It's a challenging task to be witnesses. But I thank God today, it is a comforting promise that this same Jesus, as we have seen him go, will come again. So, the Holy Spirit is here. Errol, don't walk by what you can see. Don't be troubled by what you can see. Let the Holy Spirit help you to walk by faith and not by sight. What is the promise I'm going to hold today? I'm going to take comfort in the fact that this same Jesus, listen to me y'all, this same Jesus, divinity did not die. Jesus, the human being, died. But Jesus, the God-man, lives. So, angels, comforting disciples. We are disciples. But you know what today? Instead of being comforted by angels at the right, right now, we are being comforted by the Holy Spirit. Because He's talking to us. And He's telling us, don't worry, I got this. If something is falling apart, Jesus says, I can fix it. If someone is dying, Jesus says, don't worry, because I can bring that person back to life. And He will. I shared with some folk last night, we need to get to the place like Abraham. Here he was with a knife in his hand, ready to plunge it in the chest of his son. Most people don't appreciate what Abraham went through. He could have simply said to God, you, this can't be right because you're asking me to do what the heathens do. They sacrifice their children. They throw their children into the fire like monarch. They're, God, you, this is not a test for me. He could have said that. But he heard God. And in the desire of ages, Ellen White makes it very clear that Abraham was going to sacrifice his son Isaac. And then God didn't make it easy. He said, your son, Isaac, the one you love, your only son. God made it hard. But Ellen White says that Abraham was going to do it. Why? Because he believed that God would resurrect Isaac. In other words, Dr. King, the night before he killed, he died, he was murdered. He said, I am not fearing any man. He had gotten to the place where his life was not what he was thinking about. He was thinking about his mission. We need to get to a place where we are as confident as Abraham. That if life goes, God can bring it back again. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing? This same Jesus, as you have seen him go in like manner will so come again my brothers and sisters as we go forward into this week whatever's happening on the television remind yourself this is a comforting promise that jesus is going to come again father in heaven we can be troubled on every side we can be confused We may be challenged. We may have witnessed a compelling departure. We've never seen a man being lifted into the air without the aid of anything. Just defying gravity. But we thank you for the two angels that brought the promise. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit today who reinforces and reminds us that this same Jesus... That we have seen go, will so come in like manner. Give us the faith. May we not walk by what we can see. But may we walk by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.